37 Disney Street, which isn't far from you, three Disney fans have watched a film which they will now review. Hello friends and welcome to 37 Disney Street. The time has come, the podcaster said, to talk of classic number 13, 1951's Alice in Wonderland. I'm your host, Chris Fletcher. That's logical. It's my unbirthday. I'm Lucy Rain. Woohoo! Who are I? Hello, children. I'm Hugh Rain. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going to talk about Alice in Wonderland today. We're going to try. Yeah. So oh, I watched um, Die Hard 2 by mistake. Ah. Similar. I'm going to be interested Similar. to hear your thoughts okay. in which case. Okay. Lucy, kick us off. Yep, as I often do. Right, this was premiered in London in July 1951. It followed Cinderella. Um, it had been on the books in um, development at the same time as Cinderella but Walt had felt that Cinderella just had a little more life for his studio's comeback um, Walt Disney was a big fan of the Lewis Carroll book um, Alice Through the Looking Glass and Alice in Wonderland and he had already used it as one, for one of his first projects back when he did Laughograms to do Alice's Wonderland which was a mixture of live action and animation and the Alice comedies um, which was the same. It wasn't really based exactly on the books, but I think we could definitely say inspired by. Oh yeah, it looks looks like the the same idea, doesn't it? It's it, just in the pretty in the much. It's even stolen a name. Yeah. If he didn't want it to be compared, he probably would have called it Claire's Wonderland, perhaps. Claire's Great Nice Land. Yeah, Mavis's comedies. Um. <laughs> so when he got a bit of money after Snow White, one of the first um intellectual properties that he purchased was the rights to Alice in Wonderland and then as things at the Walt Disney Studios often do it got thrown from department to department it got various writers various concept artists um Adolf Huxley uh, of Brave New World fame wrote a script for it at one point which mm-hmm. sounds fascinating it did include Lewis Carroll himself in that one um they considered doing a live-action film, a live-action and animation hybrid, a la Song of the South, and eventually uh, Mary Blair did some amazing concept art for it, and that decided it. They went with the animation, and it is very heavily influenced by that initial concept art. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Mm. I think that's pretty much it until we get, start talking about its reception and things. It's not got the uh, interesting tale of do or dare that some of them do. How are the books balancing at the moment? I don't understand the question. <laughs> How's he doing financially? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, the books. Oh, Walt. He, he's had his comeback. Good. He hasn't entirely cleared his debt from Cinderella, but eventually he will from just from reruns of Cinderella, oh, etc. I know. So he's. Let's say he's back in the black Good. for now. Excellent. What was the name of that um, Huxley fella you mentioned a bit ago? Aldous. <laughs> that's not what you said. No, that's better. I was going to ding you at the time, but uh, it didn't. I couldn't quite get in there. But you've got it right now. That's Do you okay. know what you said? I 
I was very close saying Adolf, I know that, because that's what was in my head, but I knew it wasn't Adolf, so it was something like Adolf. It, it sounded like adult to me. Adult, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew it was Aldous. Ad- adult sexually, I thought But my, my mouth wants to say Adolf. I know I'm like when I'm listening to something, if someone mispronounces something like that, I, I will think about it and I'll miss the next two minutes and I'll probably go on the internet and just look up, yeah, that is how you pronounce it. So, oh. they might, so they might just want to go back. So Hugh's, <laughs> Hugh's just keeping you engaged. We're giving them the two minutes. They don't yeah. need to go and look it up because we've corrected it all ourselves. And mm. all it's not an easy word. Aldous. Can I just say before we begin anyway and start to talk about the story that I brought um, an array of uh, of eat me's and drink me's. <laughs> well, you brought some noisy items. Yeah, yeah. Shall we try some? Yeah. Uh, so the first noisy item is a drink me. This is uh, natural sparkling coconut water. With raspberry in it. It's called Cocoa Fusion 100. I have never had anything of the kind. It's gluten-free. I like the Coconut Island logo. Oh, it's very pungent. Ooh, tiki-tiki. Mmm, it's nice. It's not overly sweet. It's just my bag, this. I can mm. feel myself getting smaller as I drink it. Yeah, that's the good stuff. Um, and then the other thing I've got is a bag of raspberry mushrooms. Is a theme flavour-wise. In fact, I didn't notice this theme of flavour, but... Raspberry in the coconut. Uh, do we like foam, ma- foam mushrooms? We do. Is this going to make me any bigger? Uh, this should this should bring you back to your regular size again, I believe. Do you know what raspberry is in uh, French? Uh, Grenadine. Framboise. 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 And, um, when I was in Disneyland Paris, oh. I had a framboise groot that uh, tasted like a jammy dodger. Oh. But anyway, that's I'm, a, that's I'm, a getting nice segue. A, I'm getting off track. It's, no, it's, not, it's, a, it's a nice segue because... What? The other thing that I've brought... What a surprise! Those of you who've been tracking us on Twitter will have noticed that myself and Hugh under the guise of 37 Disney Street were arguing about Jammy Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So I have brought some official Burton's Jammy Dodgers, yep. um, which don't have cream in them. I was complaining that Jammy Dodgers um, are better with cream in, or what are they call Jamming Creams. They're called jam and creams. They're made by Fox's Biscuits. Yeah, and they're far Batley. superior to a jammy dodger. But someone gave me a jammy dodger when I was about 28, and I said, what the hell is this? When did they take the cream out? And they said, what are you talking about? There's never been cream in it. And I said, are you kidding me? Because uh, a jammy dodger without cream in is a bit of a joke. Can we explain it to the Americans who might be listening to It's a biscuit. It so it's a cookie. cookie. Yeah, sorry, it's a cookie. A sandwich. With uh, jelly. Yeah, with... <laughs> oh, God... <laughs> yeah, with like raspberry uh, jelly in it. But now, sometimes it has cream in, which is the ones I'm used to. And that's yeah. much better. Because the jam doesn't go up to the edges on the the official jammy dodgers, so you just get two layers of biscuit. I feel like we're sidetracking quite a lot now. But Lucy, anyway. Lucy's got a look on her face like she really wants to crack on. There no, is... no, I'm trying to remember there's an equivalent and it's just popped into my head. And that's, I oh. always thought that wagon wheels had jam in them. Oh, right. But ah. apparently, only jammy, jammy wagon, wagon wheels. wheels. Yeah, it's true. The yeah. actual original wagon wheel has just got very disappointingly thin layer of marshmallow, and it's upset me greatly. I've just got one other interesting fact about jammy dodgers because whilst we were having our conversation on Twitter, I started frantically uh, googling to prove you wrong. <laughs> um, what do you think the jam is uh, predominantly made of in a jammy dodger? Um, strawberry jam. Prunes. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I've heard that before. I've ruined the jammy dodger. For anybody who ever wants to eat one again. Don't want it now. Yeah. These might need putting on Twitter. Okay. 37 Disney Street. Jam. <laughs> Jam, yeah. That's actually... Is that jelly in America? Yeah. Right. Jelly. Cool. Right, so, moving on. What we normally do 
is we'll talk about <laughs> the, the film in terms of the story, the animation, and, uh, and the music. So... Did your mother never tell you not to speak with your mouth full, Christopher? Oh, sorry. Well, she never told him not to podcast and chew at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm multitasking. It's very tasty multitasking. We watched the uh, special edition DVD. Ooh. Which I think means uh, George Lucas has CG'd Jabba, <laughs> Jabba, <laughs> Jabba the Hutt into it. Um, <laughs> that tickled me more than it should have. Yeah. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> that's it. That's all I had to say. But the cultural impact of this is quite massive. Not just this film, but you mm. know the books as well. Um, but has anyone here read the books? No, no, no. I haven't. We say that every time we talk about a film that's well, based on a book. Oh, it's a, it's not a literary podcast, is it? But I kind of feel like good job. I've just sort of le- <laughs> learnt uh, the Alice books uh, by osmosis through everything else, and probably. They're massively adapted and we don't have a clue what the actual story is. I'm I was, guessing. I was in a play called Falling Down a Rabbit Hole. You were? And I was the winner of the um, Sheffield and District Amateur Theatre Association Best Actor 2016. <laughs> Sorry. 14. Wow. Is it on your CV? It's on my uh, website. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Cool. How about Spectacle Wearer of the Year? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I'm a, a regional finalist for Specsavers Spectacle Wearer of the whoa, Year. Whoa, 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 whoa! A regional finalist? Yeah. No, you're the regional winner. You're a national. You didn't finalist. think I was the winner, did you? No, no. I knew it was still ongoing. I didn't realise you had to win the regions first to get. No, to the you've final won one. the region, haven't you? I don't know. <laughs> you're a national finalist. All you're I know the is regional winner. They gave me a voucher for some free glasses, but by the time I'd paid the, the difference and for the lenses thinning slightly, it's cost me sixty-five quid. Oh, (laughs) but when you win that ten thousand pound prize money, yeah, you did get a bottle of champagne that says Specsavers on it. True, yeah, we should have had that tonight. If you win the ten grand, can we can we pay to get the toilet done up? Well, we can at least get it unblocked. Yeah, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant, thank you. Um, So none of us have read the book then. (laughs) No, but everyone's summary. (laughs) Everyone's familiar with all the. There's so many things from the book that everyone's familiar with. Yeah, you know, mad as a hatter. Um, going down a rabbit hole, you know, when you mm. lose, a, hole, lose, yeah. lose an afternoon on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or um, if there are two idiots at work who look slightly similar, they're Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Or tweed, mm. Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Right. Now, which way around is that? Because I looked this up today because I it, I always say Tweedle, Tweedledum and Tweedledee and when people say it the other way around, it upsets me and uh, I was hoping to ring this bell. But, I um, but you said it the other way around. I said Tweedle. You said Tweedledee and Tweedledum, you should be dinging yourself right Hang on now. a minute, hang on a minute. What is it? Tweedle? Dinging yourself? It's a bit early for that. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. That's what I say. Tweedled- it's, it's Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Tweedledum, Tweedledum and Tweedledum. I don't know. It scans, it, it, it feels more poetic. Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Yeah, it does. Tweedledum, Tweedledee. That's what I was sp- supposed to have said. But it isn't what you said. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so let's not dwell on that, eh? <laughs> Story. Should we get into the story? Yeah. Well, do you know what? I'm going to lay my cards on the table straight away because this might affect other things I say during the podcast. I am not a fan of the psychedelic fantasy, it was all a dream thing, because at the end of the day, the story means nothing. Do you know what I mean? Nobody has done anything or gone anywhere. And um, so I'm not a fan of it 
in that respect. I also find every single scenario Alice is in to be incredibly frustrating, like face-meltingly frustrating. Like during the unbirthed tea party, when she keeps nearly telling them the story and then they all decide they need a clean cup and change seats. It's just like recording a podcast <laughs> on YouTube, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. There's, there are no sort of consequences, like from scene to scene. Nothing really um, links them together. She's just moving from one thing to another and completely forgetting it. The only thing eventually that comes back in, well, there's the white rabbit, who's a kind of a thread going through, mm. but then the, the Cheshire cat, sort of two thirds of the way in, appears and then he becomes a bit of a guide for her. But he's not but it's there at start. He comes to help, but then by the end of it, he's not really helping at all. He's, he's uh, making things worse. But yeah. she doesn't really solve any problems either. Like, at that, I suppose the most emotional point will be when she's crying in the woods, give myself very good yeah. advice. And then the Cheshire cat just turns up and goes, go through this tree from yeah. nowhere. And it, that's the only point where I thought, oh, actually, I've got this wrong. There are sort of consequences and there is a narrative. And look, she's on a journey. Not really. I think the problem is it doesn't set it up well enough at the start, if anything, because um, to me, it does it does feel like she's going on a bit of a journey in that she's quite an absent-minded child mm. and she's got all this world of fantasy and she's not doing what she's supposed to be doing at that time. She just goes off into her own little world. And so all these things are happening and it's stressing her out as much as it's stressing mm. you out, Lucy. Um but I think she is learning from all of that. And by the end of it, she, there should be some kind of, all right, yeah, I shouldn't let myself get into that situation. I need to focus more on my elocution lessons and language learning and stuff. It would have been good if she'd have like learned a little lesson from each person mm. and was able to use those all in the trial at the end. I but think, it... sorry, Chris, no. every other um, adaptation I've, I've seen, either on television or even the ballet that we've watched and stuff, spends a lot longer with her, with her family at the beginning. Mm. Um, Too long. I was shocked how quickly it went in. But for me, that was one of the things that I loved about the story was that it just got on with it. It was 100 mile an hour the whole way through, apart from that bit in the woods where it slows down and she's a bit yeah. upset and everything's not good and she's feeling lost. It's just bang, 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 bang. And I love the pace of it. I really yeah. do. I like that because um, you can never really get bored because it just moves on to the next thing. Mm. And it's sketchy as well. The, it's, it, it is set piece after set piece after mm. set piece. So. Well, that's it. My, the flip side of what I said was going to be, I did enjoy the film because it was like a series of shots. I thought it was very well paced. Mm. Um, there, there wasn't any lulls particularly. I know that when they released it um, on television, they heavily edited it to under an hour. And I kept thinking, I wonder what they cut out, because it's really quite watertight. They must have just cut out an entire section. Um, so I liked it for that reason. But I don't think it's got much narrative flow. No, it's very light on story. But I don't mm. mind that, you know. No, I, I didn't mind it either. Um, and it still had more story for me than Cinderella did, um, which, which was no. just something and nothing. No, I disagree because you've you've been on a transformative journey there You've and you've got attached to characters. But you didn't really get attached to anyone in this. Anyone other than Alice who was there was really frustrating. Well, they weren't there for long enough for you to grow attached yeah. to them. Everyone's kind of flippant. Mm. Yeah. I kind of like that though. I like that that in pretty much every one of these set pieces, um, she turns up and everyone dotes on her, and by the end of it, the six of the back teeth of her because she's so normal and they're not. She's yeah. frustrated with them, they're frustrated with her, and then she moves on to somewhere else, and exactly the same thing happens. 
in a slightly different way. But I like that. I found it endearing. Yeah. I laughed out loud a lot mm. watching it. I did. There were quite a lot of little things that probably I'd never noticed before watching it before as well that I just really enjoyed. We did a couple of chuckles. There's bits I really like. I really like the sequence with the flowers. Um, yeah, it's lovely that. And all the different characters and the way they're animated is so clever to keep them. I want to say, can you say anatomically correct when it's a plant, or is that just for living creatures? You can have anatomy of a plant. Okay, so to keep the plants reasonably anatomically correct and yet still have them morph into humanoid characters is very clever. Anthropomorphically, anatomically correct flowers. Yeah, what he said. And there's always, um, it's kind of like a stereotype. There's there's often like three women. I'm thinking of the Dumbo elephants where there's like mm. a sensible one. There's an uppity one. And there's a very silly one. Yes. And there's those characters are in there. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, what should we sort of move through it? Like in as if it's like sketch it, like, you know, like, you know, like. Um, mm. Well, can, can we start at the beginning? Because one the, of the package films. One of the things I wanted to say was. I'd not noticed before, um, obviously I knew it was all a dream like you were saying Lucy, but I'd not noticed how it, that just happens. Like you could completely miss it. Yeah. You could, you could miss the fact that it's all a dream and that's fine. Something like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang for instance, which I grew up loving. I watched it as an adult a few years ago and suddenly realised that that whole thing is him, is Caractacus Potts telling a story on the beach. Yeah. And, and then for me that whole film was spoiled because none of it was real. It was just him telling a story and I didn't, and as much as that's what happens in Alice in Wonderland, it isn't what I saw. So I really like the fact that they were, they were playing by the water and everything, and then suddenly the rabbit just came into shot. And you didn't see her face again at that point, so you didn't see that she'd fallen asleep. It wasn't until a cat nudged her to say, hey, have you seen that rabbit over there? <laughs> or, yeah. or some such motion. Like the cat does. <laughs> yeah, I really love that opening in a kind of, you know, pastoral you know, Middle England kind of way with the church in the background. It's really lovely. And I love that song that she sings at the beginning. Hmm. What is that song? In a world of my own. That one. Lovely. Thank you. Um, I also really like as she's falling and, and then the whole bit with the door handle, all that bit there really sets you up for what's mm. going to happen. So as she's falling down there really gently, you're straight away into that... that um, uh, Mary Blair influenced uh, yeah. look and feel. Um, she lands on the floor and there's a doorknob there, and uh, and he's like he's like telling her how to get through and everything. And that stupidity is there immediately. It's I think that was the point already when I realised how iconic everything was in this film because that falling down the rabbit hole, that vision, iconic. That um, just the door handle is a character mm. and it's an iconic character. And then knowing what was coming next, I thought actually this is got more weight than I remember it having. And, and the the way that he's like, uh, well, you need to make yourself smaller, so go get that bottle. Mm. So she goes and has a drink of it and makes herself tiny. Um, and, and then he's like, well, you've forgotten the key. Oh, frustrating. <laughs> it is frustrating, frustrating. but I, I kind of liked it. It reminded me of uh, the, the kids' TV series Nightmare uh, because she had to find her way through that door and she needed <laughs> to collect items to be able to mm. do it. Danger team. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> You're in a room. You're in a green room, but you've got a, a mask on, so you can't see. <laughs> and they're going to project it on later, okay? I remember yeah. being a child and that thing where she fills the room with tears. It re- really um, moved me, and I can't 
Not plausible at all, though, because no, it isn't. I didn't know that. Big enough to make that many tears, she'd have had to be a much, much bigger for it to be that consequential. There were six inches of water after like three teardrops. It was a. I mean, it's just not realistic. But but I do love the fact that she drops in into the bottle and, and so she can get through. She doesn't need the key anymore because she can yeah. go through his mouth. I, I thought that was kind of nice. It's, yeah, it's a good segue, good segue. Carcass race. This reminds me richly of going around Alice's Curious exactly. Labyrinth. In, um, yeah, in yeah. fact, that's most of the film for me. That's the, that's the, is that the tune that goes... Uh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, uh, you go around Alice's Curious Labyrinth Disneyland and Paris. Spitting fountains. And that's just mm. go, that's going on and on and on. I, I like this, the bit of song before that, the hornpipe thing, where he's going, I never, never, never do a thing about the weather because the weather never, never does a thing for me. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's really nice. I, I love that the lobsters, like the, the look, she looks around and she sees all these different things. There's lobsters like rowing. Yeah. Doing a rowing action and there's uh, there's three birds on a log as well and stuff. Just, just some really Which, nice little touches just to... Yeah. I, I thought I saw an Easter egg. I thought one of them was Jose Caracas. Yeah, I did for a second as well. But Hugh told me it was well, just... Well, Bonnie spied it as well and um, I told her it wasn't him when we saw him again. But then I felt bad. Mm. She looked kind of disappointed that it wasn't him. Yeah, she'd... Because then, then there's the same parrots there in the court scene at the end as well. But it's, it's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, shame that would have been a nice touch and that sort of dog that's uh, clearing the path the, with a brush head <clears throat> that's got Pluto's exact body it does I Did spotted it? that I didn't mm. spot that <clears throat> tail and everything to the point where you think is that almost like a cameo because mm. it's not like it's just a dog's body it looks a bit like him it is Pluto's body I know it's just like a kind of a an orange tan coloured thing with a with a, a black tail but and obviously, with it being in-house, it's very plausible that it was animated by the same animator as yeah, well, yeah. because it was very Pluto. Jeffrey. Did Jeffrey do Pluto? I think he did. Some of his finest work, I heard. Thank you very much. So then, my memories from watching this film was that Tweedledum and Tweedledee, I'm going to say it that way around, they didn't... Correct. Thank you. They didn't come um, into it until much further in the film, but mm. just like that, you're at that point, and then and the walrus and the carpenter, which I absolutely love... Um, I think was was it in my top five songs? It was. It was. I, I just. Oh. It was. Yeah. I, I just. I, I love that whole that whole set piece. I think it's mm. a really nice set piece. I like the oysters. Yeah. And the shells are their bonnets. Yeah. It's very <laughs> cute. Right. Who wrote the lyrics for that? Oh, John Lennon, I think. Lewis Carroll, guys. Yeah. It's taken from I've an, a poem. Yeah, in the, yeah. I've just written this song. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a walrus and a carpenter. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Most, I don't I, think it's going to work. Most you know, of the songs Lewis Carroll. A lot of um, them are. You can sort of poems. tell which ones are because the the poemish. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was just trying to trip you up. I love you did. the oysters <laughs> are the cutest things in the world. I've got a t-shirt with the oysters on, which is one of my <laughs> favourite t-shirts. Uh, they are lovely. I'm glad she left Twiddle Dumb and Twiddle Dee when she did because I felt like it was about to go dark. Yeah, I, I don't I, like them as characters. No, I don't. I don't want to know about old father William. No. It stands on his head. Mm. Yeah, it's time to go at that point, yeah. isn't it? I don't think at that age it is right. That's what my mother would have told me. <laughs> uh, who did she meet after? Well, then... Oh, did she go to the house? Yeah, she went into the rabbit again and then she ends up in the house. Oh. Mary Ann, Mary Ann. I, I must say, I love the... I was trying to think when I was slating this in my brain going you don't get attached to any characters the only other character really that you have any 
feelings for is the white rabbit because mm. he runs throughout and you can you know he's late for something so you feel his frustration and this droopy but, dog as well isn't it yes yeah when people keep giving him instructions that he shouldn't follow and he keeps doing them he does it at the unbirthday party by handing him the jam mm-hmm. and he, or the butter it's the yeah. butter he hands him and he does it he's helping burn his own house down yeah. in this scene and the, <laughs> whole, the whole sisters. time he's going oh no 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 <laughs> Not my beautiful what's it? Bird house. Not my beautiful bird house. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, my beautiful bird house. Yeah, it's um it's you just really it's well again, it, the only emotion I can attach to this film is frustration because on his behalf then you're going, No, don't do that. I I love that the the um the the thatched roof um looks like it's just a perfect yeah. fit for her yes. hair and everything as well. It's a nice I touch. actually wrote a um um, I'm not a writer at work but occasionally I do write the captions for some of the greetings cards and uh, we did this range where we got Disney stills and we captioned them mm. we, which you've got to be very careful about doing with Disney because mm. you, you know you can't be seen be seen to put words in some of the characters mouths and you've got to be very careful anyway we just got a still of Alice with her arms poking out and I captioned it birthday girl in the house oh mm. nice yeah. good for a greetings card it really was very good Top of the class. So then it's the it's the bit that you like the uh, the flowers. Yeah. Uh, and I I love this because of like the the bread and butterflies and the all the puns the, the rocking, rocking horse, horse fly. fly. <laughs> oh, have we missed? Um... No, we haven't. Carry on. That was it. It's a lovely yeah, song. It's a it, really lovely song. I like that song. It is one of my favourite songs in the whole film, and I like the music in this film. We're going to come back to that. Mm. I sung that song walking around uh, the Dewsbury to Osset Greenway. Taking Ooh. some photographs for a, a a work project, and it was a nice summery afternoon, <laughs> and that was in my head. And I was taking photographs of flowers and things. That is beautiful, isn't yeah. it? But again, really lovely scene. Ends in frustration because she's a weed. Yeah. She can't get herself understood. She gets chucked out, mm. and she finds Mister Caterpillar. Who are you? Yeah, another massively iconic image, character, moment. Yeah. It, I mean, it's absolutely packed with them. Critically. 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 Recite. It's um, it's Uncle Max from, uh, from you know, that thing with the Von Trapps in it. Sound of Music. That oh, thing with the Von Trapps yeah, in it. Yeah, you know. You know the one. I do. Yeah, yeah, vaguely, yeah. Nazis. Yeah. Singing kids. Curtain dresses. <laughs> Never seen Sound of Music. Have you not? No, and I can't see that I ever will. Oh. The only way I would watch it is if Bonnie got into it and I would I would sort of enjoy watching it with her, but I can't imagine me sitting through that. What about if we decided we were going to do it as a podcast for one episode? Uh, <laughs> okay. You'd have to. I don't. I don't know how Possibly that would come along. No, neither do I. But, but <laughs> maybe in a Julie Andrews. Who, who made it? Have Disney bought them out yet? <laughs> oh, they will. Don't worry, they will. Uh, yeah. So now, do you feel all the way through, like because I did, that you're waiting for the arrival of the Cheshire Cat? To me, he's almost like he's like the main event for me. I know what you mean, but... When he turns up, I imagine if it was a, a, a stage production, he'd get the biggest cheer when, when he came on compared to the Caterpillar and Tweedledum and Tweedledee and the Queen. Mm-hmm. I feel like he, and, he would get the biggest cheer. And it's Sterling Holloway. But yeah. I find the Cheshire Cat a bit bland. 
I don't I don't get it. Like it's supposed to be really odd and stuff, and it just doesn't come across well for me. No, uh, you know what I'm gonna say again. Frustrating character, again. But it's just, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. It, I don't like him. It's not a likable character. Is he a villain? Is he? You don't know where he sort of fits in the scale. Yeah, he's ambiguous. He is very ambiguous. He's a protagonist. Yeah. Is he though? Yeah. He's, I think he's <laughs> that a... solves that. Do you know what I like about him? Mm? There's something Halloweeny about him. There is. There is. He's there sat and you know in his, in his dark tree and he's got his purple and his pink. Uh, there's just something. And he can disappear and creep about. And yeah, stuff, there's take something his head off creepy and... about him, and I can imagine him fitting well in a a Disneyland resort around Halloween. There is one thing I like about Cheshire Cat. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't mentioned this, have we? He does an excellent range in sleepwear. <laughs> we haven't mentioned this. No, we haven't. We've got uh, all this way through. We've talked about jam and should, should we? Te- should we? Hmm, should mm. we just tweet it and then people can work it out? Hmm. Or should we just tell them? Just tell them. All right. She's dressed as a Cheshire cat. She is. Well, say dressed as it, as if I've gone to great extents to uh, get a fancy dress costume. I have a onesie of Cheshire cat. It is the coziest thing you will ever get. I'm going to take a photograph now. <laughs> Make sure the coke's in view. That's going to be hashtag 37 Disney Street cast. Okay, uh, what happens next? What happens next? Oh, he sends her to the Mad Hatter's tea party, isn't he? He does. Again, massively iconic moment and theme park fodder. Yes. You know, there's a whole sort of section of um, Fantasyland in Disneyland Paris that's totally Alice in Wonderland. You've got the Cheshire Cat Cafe and then you've got that little chair area outside. Yeah. And they've got the, the photo shoot with the hats for the Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the teacups. And it, it's all it's all coming from this scene, a really. Huge presence. Mm. Yeah. Um, I saw some of the footage, you might have already seen it, of, of the live um, recordings of this scene with Did Edwin you? performing it. Who is the guy from I Love to Laugh. He from is. I've seen that too. I don't know Mary why. Poppins. It, well, I, I watched it on a featurette thing today. Yeah, um, I saw it a couple of years ago. Yeah, the the interesting thing about it is that he went in and did that whole performance, um, and uh, they recorded it all for the for the animators, um, but they brought him back in to record his audio, and he didn't do it as well, and he wasn't as funny, and it wasn't as good. So they went back <laughs> and cleaned up that audio and used the audio from that footage. Right, because uh, I did notice at one point he was speaking so loudly that the, you could hear the echo of the room. Ah, there you are, you see. Uh-huh. And I thought, well, that's a bit. It's a bit shoddy, isn't it? There's a great bit, and that's why then. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, there's a great bit when he when he uh, when he says uh, mustard, yes, and mustard, mustard. Let's not get silly. And, <laughs> and on the video, he throws the cup over his shoulder, and you just hear this massive clunk in the background. I always think I don't I don't like the Mad Hatter, but actually, I watched it quite you know quite transfixed today because it's that bonkers and it is it's quite funny. Yeah, hmm. it's enjoyable. I really like the uh, the Dormouse. I, I often recite Twinkle Twinkle Little yeah. Bat to my, uh, <laughs> yeah. to my How sons. I, wonder I have them for ages. What, what you're at. at. <laughs> I, I prefer it to chocolate uh, to Twinkle Twinkle Chocolate Bar, which my kids have learnt from nursery. Oh, my dad drives a rusty car. Yeah, is, that about, it. is that about poo? It sounds like it, doesn't it? Twinkle Twinkle Chocolate Bar. My daddy drives a rusty car. Mm-hmm. Uh, pull the... Pull the... 
some no well, spark the engine spark the engine pull, pull the, the clutch choke 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 up off, he goes off, in his pile of smoke, smoke. That's some gentle comedy. It's not Lewis Carroll, is it? No. <laughs> it's very on the lines with Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and then, uh, true to form, it gets a little bit stressful, doesn't it, Lucy? It does. Well, yeah, first of all... I mean, this whole thing... Well, after you the... know the, the, the book, Catch-22, you're, you're mad if you do, but you're mad if you don't. And oh, it's like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, isn't it? It's who's the mad person in the room kind mm-hmm. of thing. And when you watch something like that, you just... It, all bets are off. You just can't tell who knows what they're on That's about. what makes it brilliant, though, because it's her stream of consciousness. It's her world. It's, it's her wonderland. It's everything that's happening in her head. They start drinking tea straight from the teapot. They do. They do. They chop cups in half. That is dangerous. Yes, I agree. I completely agree. He, he eats a plate. I saw you glance at Bonnie then, almost as if yeah, to say, just, you do know do that's that. a good idea, <laughs> No, no, I glanced at her because I thought that would be the kind of thing that she would find visually quite amusing. I looked over at her, and I think because she she could see in the corner of my eye that I turned to her, she did a wry smile, but only because of that. And I do like also the cracking open of one of the teapots like an egg. Yeah. So it's just all really inventive, isn't it? It is. And the Unbirthday song's in there as well, which mm-hmm. is a nice, chaotic little tune that yeah. everybody's sung to. I love it when the teapots times. are whistling that at the beginning. Boop, boop. That way. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. It should be a new uh, ringtone. <laughs> We could just uh, isolate that as a jingle. (laughs) Just drop it in about twice throughout the show. And then tweet it. Yeah. And then... 37 Disney Street. Hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) The White Rabbit wanders back in and gets his poor little watch smashed up with butter and things. Frustration, frustration, frustration. It's two days slow, his watch. That's That's a funny gag. Mm. Yeah, that did make me laugh. <laughs> it's exactly yeah. two days slow. Very good. Uh-huh. It's like saying a, an analogue clock is 12 hours wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. And then she wanders into the woods. She does, and she says, um, after all that, she says, It would be so nice if something made sense for a change. Does that sound like her? No. Yeah. I thought it sounded quite a lot like her, actually. But she's got a point. Mm-hmm. Then she has a little, uh, little moment, doesn't she? Yeah. That's another lovely song. Which I have quoted many times in my life. I give myself very good advice, but very seldom follow it. She really acts the hell out of that song. Mm. Like the, she's she's singing through through bawling her eyes out, like properly crying noise whilst mm. singing at the same time. And I just think it's very, uh, very yeah. Clear. And she's not. You see this in the um, the opening song, Cats and Rabbits. She's not a brilliant singer. It's a very natural singing. She isn't, song. and I like that. It's beautiful, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It's like Angela Lansbury when she sings. Yes. Or, or uh, Pierce Brosnan. No, not like Pierce Brosnan. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Michael Crawford. Russell Crowe. <laughs> Michael Crawford can, yeah. can be a bit wonky sometimes. Have you heard him sing in um, Circle of Life? No. <laughs> he did like a whole album of covers, I think. Uh, that's one of them. The Circle of Life. <clears throat> <laughs> Oh, my days. Right, so... Cheshire the Cat Cheshire comes Cat back. comes back and solves all the problems with the door in a tree. Yeah. And then they're and then, and then the painting the roses the, And the Queen's mentioned for the first time in the whole thing. Yeah. And then she, she goes to meet the Queen. Oh, yeah, by the way. Yeah, painting the roses red. Another thing that I always loved. I like that card that says, uh, We planted a white rose bush by mistake. <laughs> 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 Look how I've written that phonetically. Oh, oh. 
He has written it phonetically. I like that little argument where they go, it wasn't me, it was the three, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That whole mm. bit's kind of good up until the court scene. And, yeah, I'm just I... a big fan of court scenes and no, kids. No, yeah, films. no. It's, it's what, I can't, what a boring environment. <laughs> I just, Although it's kind of funny. I don't like the Queen. I know she's not meant to be liked. I don't mean it like that. I yeah, find I her face mean. very grotesque. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Um, yeah, because like the... Maleficent, is like horrible, but you can, you know, she's, she's, she's interesting to look at. Whereas mm. she's just, she's like the Trunchbull, isn't she? Mm. You just big lumbering, horrible, like matronly thing. It's awful. You talk about um, scary bits in in Disney films, and the, the bit when she comes out of those cards after having a dress flicked up, where yeah. her face is bright red, and she shouts, "Off with her head!" Yeah, that is. Frightening. Do you think so? Yeah. I I was actually thinking as I was watching it, she's one of the least scary Disney villains because she's she's so easily distracted and cajoled and you know she's not really. When she goes red, it is a bit not oh, she's not ugly. to us, but yeah. like watching it with a child, I was just checking that she was okay. Oh, okay. Have you seen her at the parks? Yes. That, that is the only character I've seen at the parks that I thought I don't want to she's see She's got that a again. plastic not, face, hasn't yeah, she? Yeah, it just doesn't work. There's, yeah, sometimes, and I understand why they have to do it sometimes, but sometimes they do human figures with plastic faces. But Jafar works. And it never works. Jafar's... The fingers are the creepy thing for me about Jafar. <laughs> I think with the height of him, though, and the shape of his face, it works. Have you ever seen a picture of the Jessica Rabbit? Meeting no. her character. Oh, good God. It is the thing of nightmares. I'll, I'll pull it up for you when we finish recording. It is a terrifying image. Hashtag thing of nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what annoys me about when she's running away from the cards in the maze? Is there's a bit where she's running along and then there's all these different ways to, to get to her. Yeah. And there's a bit where she's definitely cornered. Because yeah. there's no there's no other route she can take. And there are cards coming down every single avenue. Mm-hmm. But then it just cuts and she gets away. <laughs> so watching it is really annoying that's like every Plot scene hole. in this film though isn't it yeah you know it, there's no there's no tension really because you know that it's just going to emerge into a different crazy scenario I, I like the end though because it feels like she's being flushed out of her dream she starts running and then everything everyone Start she's seen everything that's happened all kind of mm. comes together the back of the caucus back in the water bang home so what bugs me about that is they're running down a tunnel that's kind of uh, got concentric circles, and it would just have been nice to have those concentric circles be uh, the purple and pink of the Cheshire Cat. Uh, just saying. Where were you in 1951? I was minus 85. <laughs> and then I was it... doing the maths on that then. Can we then... Just before we get to the end, there mm. is a character that I know Hugh really liked because we were sat next to each other, but we weren't talking. And I saw you like smirking, <laughs> and that's the king. He's a great little character. Oh, that's because. Uh, well, I was going to do favorite bits at the end, but you know, might as well say it now. It's just that bit where um, there's a single cheer when the, yeah, white, when the white rabbit <laughs> announces the queen and the king. <laughs> I, I, I want to know more about that one guy. <laughs> and why doesn't he do it again when he's mentioned yeah. in, in, yeah. the, uh, in the court? I used so, to interpret so that character as like a henpecked husband kind of thing, but when I watched it this time, I realised he's more, he's more like a child because he goes, "Could he just have one little trial, just a little trial?" She goes, oh, "Okay, then." It's very indulgent, mm. and it's very like, "Please, mommy," kind of thing. Oh dear. 
I know. But, oh, it's complicated. <laughs> Let's not it? get into that, hey? <laughs> anyway, and then she wakes up and it's all a dream. Yeah, and she walks over a bridge and that's it, done. Well, not not before Mother says, uh, Come along, it's time for tea! Is it a mother? I think so. No, wait, I, in the blurb I read it says sister. Yeah, I thought it was a sister. Okay, but well, then a sister says, I... Come along, it's time for tea! <laughs> Animation. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> what was that all about? Yeah, Lucy was. Um, how to put this? The Cheshire Cat was uh, touching him himself. No, it's very comfortable to just hold your boobs sometimes. Take your word for it. You guys don't know. No. Sometimes the girls uh, excuse need, me, I know. The girls need a little, you know, acknowledgement from time to time. Right. Anyway. Animation. Animation. I am a big old Mary Blair fan girl, so if you're, anywhere, you're a Blairite. I'm a Blairite. So anywhere there's sort of an element or a hint of that, I'm I'm all over it. The tea party, love it. That bit where she falls down the rabbit hole, gorgeous. I, I didn't know that I was until we started this whole exercise of mm. doing this podcast, but I am as well. Um, and uh, it's not something I would have ever recognised in the past as being a certain person's style, but it's all over this. It's all over it. Mm. And I mm. absolutely love it. The other thing I would say is there are so many characters in this. Yes, there's all the speaking characters, but there's so many different little things as well to 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 get behind. Like just, just little appearances from things like the uh, the pair of glasses that's a bird and the mirror that's a bird. And when they come up, when yeah. she walked oh, yeah. up with the glasses on and then the, the mirror bird has eyes, it's brilliant. Yeah. Well, I'd yeah. be interested to know how many of these things like bread and butterflies came out of Lewis Carroll's head and how many came out of the Disney animator's head. Because I honestly don't know the answer having not read the book. Bread and butter? Butter? Hello, new Butter? Um, I don't know the answer to that, but they're so innovative. And even if they've come out of Lewis Carroll's head, they're so well done. They're so cleverly put together. But what you say about there being a lot of characters, there isn't an in-house style with the animation particularly. I think there's no. too many animators working too separately in this fil- film, perhaps. I think um, it has an eclectic thing. It works as a whole, for me. I think so. I didn't see any real standout, you know differences it's interesting as well have you seen any of the storyboarding done by david hall the guy who was animated at the time so so when they were developing the the film this guy david hall is british guy was working um for disney and he he did all these drawings of of the whole film various different things scenes that, that were never used but it's horrific they're scary really horrible looking characters mm. yeah um, and it's nothing like what what we've ended up with and I guess that Mary Blair's influence um, yeah. from, from some of the stills that she did is what is what made them kind of change direction a bit and soften it soften I mean, I'm sure they would have had to soften it anyway but it's very family friendly because it, it, it is a bit dark and sinister other versions of Alice in Wonderland, Wonderland have be, seen yeah. but this is so bright and colourful and vivid and and cute really and and you know we, we talked a bit last week in Cinderella about the backgrounds being bland about the not being much going on about about the cat that Hugh said I, I said I really like the cat Hugh said he didn't I take his point because the cat in this is so much better yeah I was uh, <laughs> I've, I've written that down actually um so what's her cat called Dinah, Dinah. Yeah. yeah and that's it's just a really 
lovely looking cat. Yeah. Mm. Really lovely, beautiful eyes. Really cute. Uh, Cheshire Cat is more like Lucifer in style, isn't he? But that, yeah. that, that cat just highlights for me how awful and flat Lucifer was. And then you've got the door handle, which is brilliant, iconic. Yeah, I love mm. that this sort of uh, keyhole mouth. And the way it's animated, his lips are really thin and sharp. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's really nice. And uh, just, just so much. There's so many different things to feast your eyes on. And again, the backgrounds aren't the detailed level of what you got in the Golden Age, not at all. But they are, they're still <laughs> the really nicely styled, beautiful mm. backgrounds as well. And there's mm. our favourite multiplane camera for the establishing shot at the start. Of course there Although is. Although it's slightly jerky. I will say. I will say there's there's times in this because it's so many sections and we said it's paced very nicely. There are times when it runs seamlessly, like in the bottle through the keyhole to the carcass race, yeah. it's seamless. And there are other times when they fade out and fade in to get from one place to another. And those fade outs they're a bit disappointing. Yeah. And I think there would must have been more innovative ways of getting from one place to the other. I don't know if that was time or budget or just they thought that was the best way, I don't know, but mm-hmm. it doesn't seem quite up to standard. But then there's bits like when they go from the flowers to the um to the caterpillar and she's walking through all those leaves and you've got the beautiful silhouette of her through the leaves yeah. and things. It's just it's just so cleverly done. Have you been reading my notes? I've really written notes. Like a lot of things you've said in the last <clears throat> ten minutes have been exactly what I've got for, here. For me though, what I would say about the animation is Thinking back about everything that we've gone through so far, we haven't seen this kind of this sort of style, this sort of characters since we did Pinocchio. Now Bambi, yes, but Bambi's almost out of place with everything else that's happened. Bambi should mm. be number three, really. If you look at in terms of style mm. and quality and how things move on, you yeah. don't think about it chron- chronologically. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, from an animation point of view, for me, and from a visuals point of view, this this is the best thing that we've seen since definitely since Bambi, but but. Pretty much since Pinocchio as well. Since Bambi, yes, probably, but it's it's still not for me. It's it's not um, Premiership. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's it's quite high, but it's not it's not the best, is it? And I really I'm like just reiter- it. Reiterating what you have said, I really <laughs> like it. And like I say, that for me, there's an emotional connection because so much of the artwork and design is in the parks, and I love that area of Fantasyland so much. Um, and it's there's so many stills in this uh, film that I would love to have on the wall. That's always a good benchmark, isn't it? What still would you have? There's loads of them, but I don't, I, I wouldn't put it, like I say, I just don't think it's premiership in terms of Disney films. Championship, maybe. From an animation point of view, or are you talking overall? Animation. The uh, smoky Caterpillar's letters, they're very pleasing. Mm-hmm. I love the way she interacts. This is what animation can do that no other sort of film farm can. Well, it can do these days, but at the time it couldn't. And that's stuff like having a smoke ring stick to your foot. Stuff like that's brilliant. What, you mean you couldn't have it? Why? Sorry. If you were to make a film in the 50s, the only way you could do that decently would be through animation. This is why animation, animated films could, you know push boundaries mm. I thought you were saying it because you know we can't have smoking these days oh <laughs> that too yeah I, I don't have much more to say about animation really for pers- personally um, mm. I think it's the best we've seen for a long time and I think it's the best we're going to see for 
a long time as well. Yeah, probably. Um, so songs then, if we're done with animation. Oh, sorry, I just want to say I did like the card sequence. Yeah, it's the just, way they were. It's just really pleasing to see them all lined up. Yeah, the whole style of that's really it's it's really nice. It's it's got a bit of a again, bit of a pink elephant's feel to yeah. it in in the way that it is. A it's bit, a march as well, isn't it? So, a little bit fantasia. Yeah, yeah. Um but it's really nicely done. Hello. Hello. What are you doing here? I thought I would stop by and say hi to everybody. Oh, that's really nice. Guys, it's Mercedes from Chat Disney. You know, she lives across the road at 36 Disney Street. Well, Mercedes, as you're here, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? My name's Mercedes, and I work in marketing, but in my spare time, I love everything Disney. So I run a Disney blog, which is called My Disney Blog, original, I know. And I also have a Disney podcast called Chat Disney that I do every Monday with my best friend, Tash. Do you fancy answering some quickfire questions for us? I'm massively fangirling here. I'm a huge, huge fan of Chris, Lucy and Hugh um, and Lucas and Bonnie, of course. So, yes. Brilliant. Well, here we go. Favourite Disney character? Princess Jasmine. Favourite animated Disney film? Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin. Favourite Disney song? Let It Go from Frozen. What Disney film did you watch most as a child? Probably The Jungle Book, although I actually don't like it as an adult. Lion King or Little Mermaid? Definitely Little Mermaid. Name one of the seven dwarfs. Bashful. Who's your favourite supporting character? Pascal from Tangled. What's your favourite non-animated Disney film? Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Anna or Elsa? Elsa. Favourite villain? Hades. Favourite princess? I kind of already answered this with Princess Jasmine being my favourite character, so we'll put Belle in close second. Star Wars or Marvel? Star Wars. Donald, Goofy or Mickey? M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Disney or Pixar? Disney, of course. Most memorable Disney moment? I think my most memorable Disney moment was earlier this year. Um, I went to Disneyland in Anaheim, the original Disney park, and we watched the most incredible fireworks show. And at the end, Let It Go started to play from Frozen and it started to snow. Yes, it started to snow in California and I was just completely blown away and started to cry and was an emotional wreck. I think I would have been too. <laughs> well, that's the last question. Thanks for stopping by, Mercedes. We'll see you real soon. Thanks for having me, and please do remember to check out the Chat Disney podcast every Monday morning, and head over to mydisneyblog.co.uk if you'd like to read some of my ramblings as well. Thanks, and bye for now. <laughs> Music. Yeah. On the album that you can buy on iTunes, there are ninety uh sorry, twenty-three tracks. And none of these are like orchestrations no. or anything like that this is this is content this is songs that is a huge amount of songs and apparently that... 50 were dropped what? oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah well he had them writing them from 1938 onwards some of them were um like the tune of never smile at the crocodile was what was it i, I don't know what it i don't know what it was but it was definitely something that was being used it was used for alice and was moved yeah it was originally written for alice in wonderland and then the um put different lyrics to it yeah. and put it in Peter Pan. And I think they did that with some other ones Yeah, there as well. were some others they did that with. Have, have you heard um, I'm Odd, sung by Jim Cummings? 
Oh, no. that's just what I ran out to grab the. Uh, went out to grab the DVD because I knew there was an extra feature, which is the Cheshire Cat. It says newly discovered Cheshire Cat song. Yeah, I'm odd. So, so I haven't watched it yet though. So what? So when he sings the um, when he sings his song when he first appears and he's and he's singing and it's all gobbledygook about the Jabberwock and stuff. That was supposed to be a. That was a. There was a full on song about our section about the Jabberwock, um, and the Bandersnatch. That were going to that was going to be in the film, and then they decided they were taking that out, but they wanted to use some of the poetry from the Jabberwocky poem still within the film, so they gave that bit as a song for the Cheshire Cat. So they took out uh, the Cheshire Cat song "I'm Odd" for it. Ah. So what they've what they've done then is recently they've re-recorded it with Jim Cummings, who took over the voice of Winnie the Pooh from Sterling Holloway. Yeah, um, and. Uh, it's all right. It's, it's it's not bad. It feels very modern. It's basically been recorded with music on synthesizers. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But it, uh, you can see that it's all right. It feels like a very modern song in comparison to the others, and that's probably because because of the orchestra. Because of the recording, yeah. And the rap, <laughs> yeah, in the bridge. <laughs> the dirty, dirty bass. It's Roy Disney who does the yeah. rap. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Um, a lot of the songs listed are like. 18 seconds long mm-hmm. you know like they've got the old father william one as a separate song but these had to be written and composed by somebody and it's crazy the amount of songs that they didn't use like you say how do you get to wonderland oh what's this i like that the eponymous I... title song hugh yeah but the best one the be- oh, it, in my opinion the best yeah. title song of the, of the disney films um it's something that i it's a song i get stuck in my head on a regular basis for some strange unknown reason, because I don't know anybody called Alice. Oh, apart from my cousin, sorry, Alice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it does get stuck in my head quite a lot. It's just such a lovely tune. It's got a lovely yeah. melody to it. Um, I feel like I've never... I've seen Alice before, but I feel like I've never really heard a world of my own before. No, like, and that, that was in the uh, in, in the top 30 songs, wasn't it? That was the only Alice song yeah. in there. Um. What else have we got in there? Painting the roses red. Not pink, not green, not aquamarine. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, how yeah, all those that. tunes. Yeah. My favourite is the Caterpillars theme. It's like Eastern and exotic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's actually one of my favourite Disney tunes of all time. Not top five. No. Uh, so I didn't put it on my list the other day, but... Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really good. He's just got that mysterious, otherworldly quality. I like it. It's performed brilliantly as well. That overdoing your vowels thing, it's quite difficult to do in the way that he does it. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Looking down the tracks, what else? Is I, I like I like the recitation in there as well, in, in amongst that, when he, when he gets her to recite and she's doing it wrong because she's doing it right. It's quite nice. I do find, though, that when I was trying to think, before we watched it, I was trying to think about what songs were were in it. And other than a lot of the tunes I remember from the park, I, I couldn't really think of anything. I couldn't call anything to mind, like a standout song from it. No. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. That's a See, very famous don't, song. Don't really, no, I don't really know that one. Hmm. That's just me, I guess. But that, but the tune of that kind of runs throughout the orchestration the whole way through, doesn't it? I was um, a little disturbed when I first went to uh, Disneyland Paris because they've got t-shirts there that say t-shirts there that say "Je suis en, en retard," which is 
I am late in French. But there were loads. They, they, they had them in all the shops. Yeah. And, it, and it made me do a double take. So I thought, you can't put that. That's <laughs> appalling. And then I realised. There you go. <laughs> um, got Pat O'Malley in there again. Pat O'Banton. Yeah, Pat O'Banton. Fresh from his... Uh... <laughs> Uh, Queen of Hearts is uh, Verna Felton, the fairy godmother. Yeah. They've got all the old gang, really, yeah. haven't they? Hey, it's everybody! <laughs> so, do you know how it did in the box office? Oh, do tell. I bet it did quite well. I would have thought it did quite well, yeah. It flopped. Totally oh. bombed. Oh. Totally bombed. Disappointing. Um, Sorry, just move my microphone then. Disappointing initial release was never re-released in Disney's his, in Disney's lifetime. lifetime. Um, it made a net one million pound loss. So we start this podcast with him in the black again. He's back in the red. <laughs> back in the. It's just it's heartbreaking, isn't it? No, it's just, not. It's uh, great. Like like I said before, it's like Dallas. It's like a serial. I'm enjoying the ups and downs. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could say it flopped uh, in a much uh, the same way that the caterpillar skinned it when he uh, disappeared there. <laughs> you could say that. But you there is a happy ending because someone it, it, him it some was money. never it was never re-released. A rich relative died. No, no, for the film, not for Walt. We kind of know oh. there was a happy ending. <laughs> Grandma Disney. And they, I don't know if you've heard of a li- little company called the Walt Disney Corporation, but they're doing quite well now. They did bounce back. Yeah, thanks to Grandma Disney's. Yeah, like <laughs> she sold a wedding ring and then it Inheritance was fine. Money. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the film. So it it just it disappeared into the wilderness, into the vault, as it were. It was never re released in, in his lifetime. Yeah, mm. it was bottom of the rabbit Good. hole. Good. Um, it was shown on <laughs> the new medium television on the Walt Disney Hour. Um, oh, I've seen an intro to that. Have you? Yeah, Walt Disney introducing it. Mm. Yeah, that was on my special features. Is it like? Hey, yo, here's yeah. my new film. You're going to love it. It's how you're works. doing. But then, then, 1971, some students get together, student film club, and they are self-screening things in universities. And they start to screen archive an archive copy of uh, Alice in Wonderland to sold-out houses in American universities, yeah. I blame the munchies. Every one of them stoned. Yep. Yeah. When yeah. was this? The sixties. Seventy-one. Oh well, look at Bang that. Time. Yeah. Bang. On Absolutely. Schedule. <laughs> and um, so it it started to tour American universities, as it were, and it was sold out everywhere, and it became this real underground cult classic. Because remember, this is before streaming DVDs, even before VHS home videos. So your only option is to watch things communally, and when you're doing it in a university lecture theatre instead of in a and you've organised it yourself mm. with your mates instead of in a theatre so it became this massive cult classic and then in 1974 by popular demand it was re-released and it was massive now a lot of people kind of think it's a 70s film because it doesn't look dated particularly does it there's no hairstyles or anything to give it no, out no. and this is kind of why people put it in that timeline because visually better than most of the, of the disney films that yeah in the 70s as well. exactly and i think it did a lot for the disney's finances in the 70s mm-hmm. even though it was a re-release so that's a happy ending it's that's nice. an awesome ending it's nice that it got a second outing yeah. because it deserves it yeah and yeah. then um when vhs 
emerged. It was uh, the first Disney film to be issued on VHS in 1981. And mm-hmm. I think for this reason as well, they kind of knew it was it was a home video hit for people at three in the morning with a, a few JJs down them. So that's what kicked it off then, the, the it home was. video um, uh, for Disney, revolution yeah. for Disney. Oh. Yeah. And there was one point when it was uh, number one on the blockbuster, blockbuster video. This is blockbuster video charts for rentals. Um, in the 80s. Yeah. So there you go. And it found a home. And as we know now, it is, it's a cult classic in the way that, it's a strange one. It's like cosplay goths, isn't it? Like a bit of Alice in Wonderland. It's another one where you see a is lot of backpacks. Is that because of your best buddy Johnny Depp's involved? I think it's Johnny Depp's fault. But you do see a lot of the original Mary Blair artwork sneaking its way into these. And so it should. You see a lot of white um, stockings in the parks. You well, do. I've noticed that. Yeah, it's uh, it's prime for tattoos as well. You see a lot of Alice tattoos, and it's so quotable, isn't it? Mm. The, the book, I guess, not the film, but it's so quotable. Someone I work with, one of the designers there, she just absolutely loves it. Mm. Just just Alice in general, not ne- necessarily this film. Just Anything Alice as a, as a thing. Yeah. Go on, then tell us. Tell us more about how it got on. So, IMDb, mm-hmm. it is 7.4, mm-hmm. three quarters. Not bad. Critics on Rotten Tomatoes is 81%, and okay. the audience is 78%. So that's pretty much as I'd expect. I don't know about you, it's kind of, it's certainly not bad, but it's not up there in the 90s like some of them have been. I agree. Yeah. I th- yeah, I think it's that's good. Mm. I agree. Mm. So... so. Hugh, story. story. Uh, you know, I've given it a, quite a high mark because even though it's light on story, it's very enjoyable and it's fast-paced and it keeps you interested all the way through. And I think that's enough to give it an eight. Interesting. I've gone with... Yeah, I'm not going to lie. This is personal inclination now and I know it is. Um, it's just not my cup of tea in so many ways and I've given it for story a four. Four! Oh. It's oh. just, I think I can say as a rule, I just don't like the nonsense, it was all a dream thing. Well, I'm going to counteract that nonsense because I thought it was just brilliant, daffy fun. I think it sets the scene really quickly, it jumps in and it just goes at a heck of a pace. 100 mile an hour, great characters, um, great interactions, just love it. I'm going to give it a massive 10. Whoa! Yeah. Why don't you just marry it, Chris? I would if I could. Although there is one little thing I'd like to say about the story because characters come into story and I didn't say it before. Doesn't Alice sound like her voice is too old for the character? Yes, and particularly with some of the language she uses. Yeah. It's very... But she isn't because she's quite a young girl. It's very mm. interesting. She's a lot more posh than I thought she was going to be as well. She's yeah. really posh. Yeah. Mm. So yes, 10, sorry. Animation, Lucy. Animation, I've given it a solid 8. I think I I love it mainly because of the artwork, the Mary Blair influence, because of the images, etc. I do have problems with some of the characters. I do have problems with some of the transitions, which is why it's not a ten. But it's I've no problem giving it an eight. Chris, um, well, I think there's some great set pieces. Um, I think there's some fantastic character animation there. Um, I love some of the visuals when, like, like the bit I said before about when she's walking through the leaves and stuff. There's just so much to take in, and again, as you say, that that Mary Blair style is just all over it, and I love that too. Um, I've given it a nine. 
I gave it another eight. It's relatively slick, but uh, it's mostly just the inventiveness and the inventiveness of the character design. Just everything works together just to really lift it. Um, so I've given it an eight, and I really like the little ducks that are horns. Oh, I love them. Right, so music, I have given it an eight. The reason, that's quite high for me. And the reason is that all the character we're talking about, all the animation we're talking about, all the story we're talking about is just constantly being weaved together by small songs, small bits of music. Not in the way that um, Snow White is. These are song songs. And I just think it's really clever. Even if it's lacking... You know, the big memorable songs, the small ones are worth it. I give it another eight. Can't remember why, because uh, my notes have just gone funny. Uh, actually, I've nothing written down, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's just leave it there. Uh, well, I've given it uh, a nine, and a lot of that reason is the same things that, that you said, Lucy. Without the music, the film would be absolutely nothing. It, it, yeah. would, it would fall short. And it, it's uh, for me, there are some memorable songs in there. I love the opening tune. I, I love her voice. I love, I love mm. that innocence of her voice. It works so well. This Again, great character singing in there. It's got the walrus and the carpenter in there. It's got Mer- her Mary, very merry on birthday. It's got paint the rose in red. Loads of stuff you recognise. Um, and the reason that it works for me is because they're all so short and, and stunted it, it never has to go into anything and develop beyond that it just works really well Yeah. so yeah, nine for me absolutely <clears throat> so that gives us a score of 72 but what do the kids think? we've just watched Alice in Wonderland so she falls asleep when she was supposed to be reading and goes into her own world. I can't really remember the order. Um, when she goes up, um, she grows too big, and when she goes down, she grows too small. She'll never get back to the right size. So there was Treasure Cat. Treasure Cat. She also meets the Treasure Cat, and he's a bit funny because he can turn invisible. She meets... Uh, two men, Tweedle, Tweedledee and Tree, Tweedledum. And they're telling us a, a story and there's a walrus in it. And that's one of my daddy's favourites. And she meets some flowers. Um, there were some flowers that were singing and, and they sang to her. And she sat on the leaf that looked like a seat. And I liked the one at the end. It was all gold and it was under a spider web. You learn a lot of things from the flowers, especially the month of June. I liked it, that part. And also, so he meets the caterpillar and he says, Who are you? She sees some words, birds in the forest and they look a bit weird. And also she goes to... A tea party with the Mud Hatter. Twinkle, twinkle, little bat. How I wonder what you're at. Up above the world you fly. Like a tea tray in the sky. Twinkle, twinkle, little bat. How I wonder what you're at. Then the queen said, off with her head. And then she runs away and and then it's the end. But she was just screaming. My favourite bit was when she was with the flowers. 
My favourite character was Cheshire Cat because he disappears and comes back and uh, and pink is my favourite colour. Mummy's got a onesie that looks like it that she's wearing right now. My favourite character is Alice. It's kind of funny, like it's real, but she just dreams when she gets into her own world. The music and song that I like is um, the birthday one. My favourite song is You Learn a Lot of Things from the Flowers. I give it a three out of five. I would give it a four out of five. So that's a grand score of 79. Well, that's pretty much bang on what, what the audience and everyone said as well. But I know what you're thinking. Where does that put it? In the table. Uh, let's see here, because it's not in order. 79, the next... So that's just under Fantasia, which is 80. Yeah, and just above, what's the next one down? Dumbo. Dumbo was 74. So it's between Dumbo and Fantasia. I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I, I think, think so. I think so. Should we get an updated table out? Yeah, yes. put them in order. I'll do one tomorrow. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. He really loves it. I don't know why they just can't be together. <laughs> Hugh's Cry Factor. Cry Factor, Hugh. Oh, yeah, the Cry Factor. I've given it just the one. Again, you get a one just for turning up. And there's a little moment in the woods where she's uh, she has a little cry, but it doesn't really... Because everything's been so daft, I don't think there's enough of an emotional build-up for it really to affect you. So would you think, think that's fair, just to I give think, it a, a little old one? Yeah, I think I, it's a one. I think so. Which would sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, the caucus is still spinning, but we're never going to get dry this way. So it's time that we left for the day. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> Oh, how do I even follow that? <laughs> <sighs> Goodbye, children. <laughs>